thank you very much for joining us today. We're really pleased to see you. We're going to be talking about leadership tonight on MHTV. So before we get started, let's go to Dave so that he can tell you how to join in because we really want to hear what you have to say about it. Dave? Yeah, hi, hi everyone. Thanks, Nikki. Uh, so as always, I uh, hope you're watching along at home. You've got a couple of options for joining in. The first one is to post on the Facebook live feed. Uh, and the second one is to use the hashtag MHTV on Twitter. Either of those will be able to see your comments and your questions and we'll feed in as much as we can to tonight's episode. But without further ado, back to you, Nikki. Yeah, absolutely. So, Kath, can you tell us a little bit about who you are for the few people, presumably, who don't know who you are? Could you let them know? <laughs> yes. Hello, Nikki. And ho hello, Dave. I'm, I'm delighted to be here, especially as your finalists for the RCNI Awards. So I have to say that and congratulations. There are other finalists, but they're all my favourite at the moment. Uh, <laughs> uh, I just, I'm Catherine Gamble. Um, I uh, am a mental health nurse, uh, I'm head of practice education research at Southwest London in St George's, and I recently stood down as the Royal College of Nursing mental health lead, and I have been around um, the academic, clinical, and um, practice development arena for many years now. Um, so <laughs> I've been Catherine Gamble a long time. You have very long time in a good way, in a good way. <laughs> so let's get to, to leadership then, because leadership in nursing is contentious. We seem to teach it all the time, but somehow when it comes to actually practically having leaders people know and can refer to, it, we sometimes struggle and everyone just looks at Florence Nightingale, which has been some time ago. So what's your take on sort of leadership, nurse leadership and sort of what's going well and what we need to work on? Um. Well, I think the, the first thing that's come to mind is the Twitter chat you and I have just recently been involved in. Um, yeah. I know that when I started my career, I had um, actually, I know this is a, a bit controversial, but I had a, the RCN, RCN had always gave you a diary. And at the back of that diary was every steward's name of the, the lead of the regional um, leads and the people in the exec at the RCN. And I, at that point, had my godmother, um, who was part of that as um, her, she was a, a head of labour relations for the RCN. So she taught me that actually it was great to aspire to be somebody um, that was in the profession. Um, and I know when I interview students and when I interview um, uh, people for to do to do nursing or to do you know going to come into um, practice development roles or anywhere, I often ask them who are they aspiring to, and often people will talk about their families and being incredibly important. I think it's a real issue that we don't necessarily profile enough of the mental health nurses that we have yeah. and are there to aspire to. I mean, mm. we've got so many significant pieces of research that our mm. mental health nurses have been um, involved in over the years. And yet either we've vilified those people who have internally, mm. we've been vilified them. So we, mm. you know, had, oh, I don't believe in this particular model or I don't like that. Yeah. But there are... Um, really significant. I act, for example, mm. would 
not exist if mental health nurses hadn't got involved and um, and people really don't recognize that and when I um, started at the Royal College of Nursing you know it was almost a sort of afterthought in meetings that people asked you know I would say mental health nurse does that Mm -hmm. and it was all like who who are you Mm -hmm. Um, I think for me uh, who's been the backbone for me and when I was training to be a mental health nurse I mean everybody talked about Hildegard Petplow mm. everybody talked about Annie Olshort um, mm. and we also had Patricia Benner and we've mm. you and I as I said have talked about mm. it on Twitter mm. where I was surprised that very few people mention those seminal yeah. work that they did to help influence our practice and our interpersonal mm. relationships as nurses. Mm. Um, and I think that that's something that we have a responsibility as we go forward and for the next generation is mm. not only role model uh, people, mm. but actually celebrate the diversity of our profession yeah. as well. I and mean, we Definitely. don't have enough role models from mm. BME communities. Um, within mental health nursing and we do need to think very but we really need to look at how we promote that expertise yeah yeah it's one of those things isn't it to look around and say where is it but if you've done nothing to look for it to support it and to promote it then where you left it (laughs) yeah so but you were saying particularly who who the sorts of people who um have really impacted you and I can remember when I was a student I just loved the idol model it really got through to me in a way that other things didn't and for me it really probably underpinned a lot of my practice in terms of kind of the ideas of social justice and kind of being very human with people and so I think the the, the, the people who do influence you influence you greatly but there's a very strange thing we were just talking before we came online that we actually do have a really relevant current body of research that isn't really being referred to so did you want to talk a little bit about that in terms oh, of socials? Yes, I think, um, as you all know, I'm, mm. um, I'm a co-editor with Jeff mm. Brennan um, mm. of uh, Gamble and Brennan working with serious mental illness. And, mm. you know, Jeff is a huge campaigner of yeah. um, and champion of safe wards and has been involved in that with many others, including Professor Len Bowers. Yeah. And quite rightly, um, mm. Jeff got awarded last year with Mental yeah. Health Nurse of the Year um, because, and the reason I'm mentioning mm. him is because Safe Wards is the most efficacious of any mental health nursing research. Yeah. So I do not understand why mental health nurses aren't completely embracing it from, t- from board to board and mm. saying we need this in every single place that we run and yeah. do any activity because there isn't anything else like it. Mm. And I, I think we should be celebrating that. And mm. one of the things that I'm uh, appalled by is... Mm just how very limited we um, are as a profession in using what we actually know works. Um, And, you know, I know that Dave, a few years ago, did a memes um, Mm. and did that piece of work around raising the profile of of mental Mm. health nurses. Mm. And at the time, I was delighted people were coming forward. But when we actually scanned through, and I know a colleague presented at the um, Mental Health Nurse Mm. Academics Conference, what struck me was that actually people were talking about feelings rather than actually saying what they did. And I think that's where we have a potential challenge, not only within our own 
professional conduct, but we are so mm. waffly sometimes that actually we aren't showing our evidence base mm. and by mm. doing that we're getting weaker as a profession mm. but mm. i think we've really got to revisit what evidence base we have and value the inputs mm. that our nurse researching that nurse researchers are doing and actually say we are mental health nurses and we have contributed mm. to this yeah. um, as i said the mental health nurse academics are well huge wealth of mm. um a, a, a fantastic breadth of um, mm. experience and of course yeah. we have Eileen Skellum mm -hmm. and before I go off on a tangent um, stop me if I do what <laughs> I'm also struck by is just how lacking in psychotherapeutic skills uh, many of our the, the younger generation are in terms of understanding because I was brought up with Carl Rogers yeah. and the psychotherapy yeah. and I'm thinking of mm. um, you know this year's uh, Skellen um, lecturer who we're going to have to wait for next year to do but mm. Gary Winship is is a very renowned um, psychotherapist and and mm. and Skellen and Allshort and mm. Phil Barker and others were mm. all really based on psychotherapy principles yeah. and behavioural principles. Mm. Um, and and that strikes me. Um, we we really do need to think why isn't this still on the curriculum and mm. what is it? And I think because we've had such big numbers in our um, in our training groups mm. that actually that mm. that interpersonal skills are being learned vicariously in and excellently in some places, but others where it's all being just done with your practice assessor um, and perhaps not really being seen as a, a priority um, mm. and understanding the dynamic of how somebody and the systems and the, the fundamental impact of trauma and the process of where people are have where how they've got there. I mean, I often mm. say in my teaching, you know, all these mm. these really, you know, I live near a school and mm. you see little people running about in the playground. I can guarantee mm. you, not one of them, if they were interviewed, would say I'd like to be in a mental health situation. I'd like to be held in a forensic service. Mm. I'd like to be. Not one of them will be hoping mm. for that in their. Mm in their aspiration. Mm. So I think there is something very fundamental about understanding that um, mm. trauma focused as well mm. as a, a psychotherapeutic and recognizing with mm. our parity of esteem, um, bringing in the agenda of understanding the, the physical health needs of our patients. But we have to have the right psychological yeah. skills to be able to have those conversations and make a difference. Definitely. And I think with the new kind of curriculum that we've got, which is so task focused um it is one of the things that it is saying is all fields need to contribute and i think mental health needs to step forward and say we can do communication we can do the psychotherapeutic stuff we can talk to you about how to make information sticky for people we can talk to you about how to support people how when you're doing a smear you need to think about trauma-informed care this is yeah. not just about what you do to people it's about what's happened to that person and how yes. you can support them and hear them and i think we've got such a lot to offer that we may be a little bit shy about telling people. And well, also, I think nurses yeah. think that it's nurses think that everybody or mental health nurses think that everybody knows it and that everybody does it and they don't. No, no. And and I think that's the that's that's the challenge is mm. that um, people uh, dumb it down 
Mm. Or they say it's very complicated, so I'm not going to talk about it. And unwittingly, we're adding mm. to the stigma. Mm. We're adding to the stigma um, of, of mental illness by mm. actually not really sharing. And that's where at the moment I've, um, you know, the, the co-production and where mm. I think mental health nurses can play a really key role is that, you know, for uh, ever since I started um, as a as a, a practicing mental health nurse, I, I never really, I think it's because my, my mother came from a social work mm. background and also because mm. I was never allowed to not consider others before mm. I made a decision. So I'd always mm. have to say, you know, what does other people think? And, and so I was, I think, a natural problem solver and a team player because I had no mm. choice. Mm. But I think that's the point is that the opportunity for everybody to feel that they are included and you can hear it in the tone of voice as to whether people get it or not yeah. I mean just recently and when I teach family work I talk about whether or not you'll use I statements so in using empowering language rather than saying you should do this you should do mm. that and we know the participation ladder really does consider at that baseline all you're doing is informing and educating mm. but I, I mental health nurses have got all the skills and beyond to go up the ladder to look at how we consider co-designing services co-designing our projects um in fact we know that the mrc um medical research council actually used um, and the National Institute of Health Research also used the examples of uh, co-production um, uh, because it was led by mental health nurses. Um, yeah. Professor Jacqueline Sinner, City University, um, mm. helped to put that together. That's mm. not recognised. That's not sung about. Mm. Um, and why do you think that is? Because is I it? think we are. We we don't we don't have enough PR. Mm. Um, and I, I don't think there's enough public relations. I don't think there's enough marketing of us. And I think actually, I don't think we need to rely on anybody else. Um, I know that we're going to have, we've talked about mm. it um, at national level to think about how we market that. But I think we, we owe it to ourselves mm. as a profession that to, to, to go into to ward rounds, to go into clinical environments and to say, this is who I am, I'm very proud. Mm. I was taught by a very um, uh, uh, very astute um, mental health nurse from when I was in Manchester, I was learning to mm. be a mental health nurse and her first piece of advice to me was never go into a ward round and be the one that walks out and gets the patients. Yeah. Because of the fruit of the, the conversation goes on whilst mm. you're out of the room and yet you're the most pivotal profession mm. in that room. Um, so she encouraged me in those days we have notes. Mm. So put yourself right at the other end of the room, make it very difficult for you to get out and also climb over your notes so it makes a very sort of theatrical <laughs> and I literally used to take her seriously I, <laughs> I would just do this I, I just sorry I have to go and, and then at one point you know on numerous occasions said I, I don't think I'm the only person in here with legs yeah. um because I think there's something for me about how we put ourselves 
down. I see too many people going into ward rounds like small secretaries with blank yeah. pieces of paper. I will take advice. Mm. No, we're there to co-produce. We are there to demonstrate that at mm. our heart are mm. those people with lived experience and we need to look out for them and support mm. them every mm. single step of the way. And mm. if we're going in there being a little bit with blank, blank pieces of paper, so I'll just take note of what you're mm. not co-producing, you're informing, mm. you're educating, but you're mm. not, at, as far as I'm concerned, actually managing to function at your most professional level. And that's mm. that's the challenge at the moment. We cannot underestimate. I am um, running a, with colleagues at Southwest London St George's, mm. a Burdett um, nursing project, mm. um, which is supporting black and ethnic minority uh, nurses mm. to... Um, one look at their look into the restrictive practices because yeah. mental health act review has had absolutely really very little uh, when I was um, asked to mm. go in to be part of that there was very little at all any mention of mental health nurses and yet mm. here we are talking about the worst extremes that we've ever had where more black mm. and ethnic mm. minority patients are being held mm against their will um, mm. in forensic services in all mm. over parts of the service and yet mm. they were very rarely mental health nurses largest mixed mm. diverse group mm. least talked about and i think we have a responsibility as both mm. locally and nationally mm. to say mm. we need to be considered and every mm. step of the way mm. and it's really interesting even when you go into meetings where people say well we've got people on board if you mm. keep your lens really focused, they haven't got people on board. They're still using quite traditional approaches of, of it. We'll inform you later. But mm. no, that co-design is a unique skill that I think mental health nurses can really bring to the table. Mm. We've got some questions coming through if you're if you're okay. ready. <laughs> There's nothing bad going to happen. So um, do you think other nursing fields um, face the same problems that mental health nurses um face uh, people knowing about their forebears they sound like they do because they can mention Florence Nightingale and Mary Seacole but do you think that they have the same issues we do no I don't think they have the same issue at all mm. um uh, no offense to my um general nurse colleagues um mm. they are better funded mm. they have a greater I mean we don't know that was a leveler in our CPD funding but uh, you mm. know our general hospitals generally have more staff they have more um, uh, development um, opportunities in um, in where they can be steered. You look at what you know. There's many nurse consultants, for example, in um, in our general nurse colleagues. In comparison, but our numbers have dropped where nurse consultants are concerned yeah. in in this country. In England, I, I can't speak about Wales yeah. and Scotland and, and Northern Ireland, but I am very aware that. No, I don't think it's comparable. I think there is that there is stigma about, mm. and if you you only have to look at the way that um, practice development in a lot of mental health um, yeah. nursing trusts are supported and how they're mm. funded, it's fundamentally mm. different. To yeah. you know, you look at the more Marsden, or you look at the, mm. some of those the, the much bigger um, general hospitals, and they're their provision of uh, support is is a, is very very different and always has been. Yeah. yeah. 
I've got a couple from first years I saw them through. Hold on, let me find those. Um, one is, and um, this is actually a good question, because um, people keep saying that you need to be able to lead yourself. What are they talking about? Good question. <laughs> I know. It's a, it's a really good question. Sorry, I have to stop. I was just about to let out an expletive. I forget where I am. It's uh, at the end of the day. But I, that's a really, really good question. Yeah. Um, I think what I would, um, how I think about that is, is how you know you're accountable. Mm. And I was once taught that actually when you, you know, that how do you feel when you walk into a room? Mm. You know, is it, you know, are the people in that room making you feel small, making you, and if not, how do I make myself known? Mm. Um, I, and I think that's, for me, um, how we, it is about our accountability. How and you about know. taking up space as well. Yeah, you see, so many yeah. nurses try and squidge in the corner. It's like mm. no, no. Take, but also are, culturally, yeah. let's yeah. let's not forget culturally. Um, mm. If you are, um, you know, if you if you don't see yourself as pivotal mm. into the decision making process, mm. then nor do your patients. Mm. And it has a triple effect, and that's what's emerging mm. from um, my the work we're doing at Southwest London St George's with mm. our BME nurses. That's mm. what they're telling us. You know, we're mm. not we're not at the table, and therefore we're not actually mm. um, able to articulate our truly mm. understand what leader mm. leadership mm. is. But I think that's the, that's the good thing as well. In some respects, let's turn it on its head. I think there is more now about are you you know chief executives of self are you able to think how how am i responsible how can i keep mm. myself up to date what can i do to ensure that i can provide the best possible in the worst possible circumstances which is what mm. we're dealing with and working yeah. within at the moment yeah. and i think it's those bits and if you um i get people to um do a little diagram of themselves mm. and in the middle of a um, page yeah. and do arrows out to mm. demonstrate who's supporting them. Mm. No, who's supporting, they're supporting. Arrows mm. out to who they're supporting. Arrows in to who's supporting them. And mm. I use it as just a, a very quick sense check, really, to say, where are you? And if you if you've got all your arrows coming in, you've got you know everybody, friends, family, you name it, all these arrows. Start to might you might think am I a bit of a nightmare? You know, how does, um, that is that a leader? I don't think so. I think yeah. a leader has arrows equal, so that you're supporting people, but you're also attracting people in as well. And there's an equal equal bit. So. I think that's how I would do it if you think about that. And I get people to use this as an aid memoir because mm. you can look at that, you know, you can look at your arrows in and your arrows out one month mm. and it can look completely different to the one that you perhaps will draw a few months later because mm. it should fluctuate. But as I said, if you've got, you know, you suddenly think, oh, yes, I seem to have got arrows. I've got everybody coming to help me. Yeah. Well, where's your where's your leadership in there mm, mm, um and, and 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 just to think about well how can i then make sure that I, it's not just 
me telling everybody to do come to me come to me it's about mm. me saying i can support you this is where your talent is this is where mm. you come from you know come mm -hmm. in here um and it's who you've got in your lifeboat yeah i yeah. think I don't know if that's really the answer. Um, I think it's a, <laughs> the it's a great, given. I'm going to have to go away Stand and think it. about it some more. <laughs> well, we'll be on Twitter if anyone wants to, to follow Oh, yeah, good that. idea. Let's make them answer it on Twitter and then that will give the <laughs> great ideas and we'll generate from that. Yeah. So Nafisa has come back. So hello, Nafisa. Lovely to see you this evening. How has the leadership role of mental health nurses changed over time? So I guess it's looking at with a bit of perspective about what's mm. been going on. Because before, I don't think... I think nurses really struggled to get leadership or be heard as leaders. And that is maybe changing? What do you think? Um, I think so. Um, I just, I mean, I, I was in the right place at the right time in my career um, mm. when people spotted, well, Professor Julian Leff spotted mm. attributes in both me and actually Jeff Brennan um, mm. and got us on a training programme to, to teach us how to be family workers. And mm. subsequent to that was uh, the equivalent of what we aimed to be, the Macmillan uh, equivalent for people mm. with schizophrenia called the Thorn Initiative, which people mm. like Tony Butterworth and yeah. Ben Thomas and uh, Malcolm Ray yeah. and other real leading lights in the 19th 90s and I went into my first meeting and was starstruck because all these mm. people were around the, the table mm. and that was starstruck. I don't know I mean we are now because of Zoom and because of mm. the things like you're doing this yeah. that we become a bit more approachable. I think mm. I'm of the generation of mental health nurses that were so approachable that I think we've actually missed the trick a bit because mm. people don't necessarily see us as leaders and in some ways quite rightly so but mm. at the same time Mm. I think there are, you know, my generation had people to look at, but mm -hmm. maybe that's something to do with how we've sort of dumbed it down as yeah. next generation, because we was had these sort of such prolific characters mm. that actually mm. we said, well, no, you know, hang on, we've got to just get on with the work rather than mm. being, carried, you know, all those things. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I think we have got people emerging. Um, mm. I wish people would say more about um, and drop. I'm, a, you know, when they introduce themselves, I've got a pet hate of people saying I'm a nurse by background. No, if you're still oh. on the register, you're still a Me nurse. Too. You're not by background um, because you're still. Well, I'm just you know, a practicing. nurse. That's the one that sends me over the edge. Just a nurse. Mm. Mm. So we've got a question here from Lucy. Yeah. Hello, Lucy. Um, Catherine has talked about some long learning that she's taken from her training. Oh, has she thought about the legacy she will leave? Hard question, I know. Yes, Lucy, it is. And also, it makes it sound like she's on the way out. Right, right. Well, maybe it's my own fault for saying I've been called my name a very long time. Thanks. I mean, the people who work with me know that, um, that I, yeah, I am. But that's just, when is it? When's the time? <laughs> Um, I mean, it's interesting to think about it because I mean, even first years could be thinking about this, isn't it? What, what do yeah. I want to leave by the end? Yeah. What would be my legacy? I have to say, I'm really very proud. I'm a, a prolific journal writer mm. Um, mm. to the extent that my brother and sister only the other day were talking about my grandmother dying. And I went back to 1980, found mm. the extract in my diary and photocopied it and um, to remember that, mm. that, that day because um, it has of the date of when she died and I have 
got records of mm. all sorts of unique things. Uh, so I've also got a nursing journal. And mm. I suppose what I'm really proudest of that when I qualify, because I'm dual qualified, when I qualified as a general nurse and I qualified as a mental health nurse, I still have the book that I wrote my pledge to myself. Um, mm. And that pledge still I still stand to today um in fact some of it each actually mirrors the NHS constitution um and I didn't even realize the NHS constitution existed but I think that would be something for me and um as we've done with our preceptorship program in the past we asked our newly qualified nurses to write themselves a pledge on our preceptorship programme. And we've also asked our students coming in to our organisation mm. to write themselves a pledge. And then we've sent them their pledge back to them three years later yeah. and to see whether or not that has been been maintained. Mm. It, it caused great organisational issues at the time. Yeah. And, and it's, don't, I'm not necessarily well, encouraging well, others to replicate it because we but lost so idea. many students and letters. <laughs> and anyway, it seemed like a really good idea at the time. But my legacy, um, I think, um, I think there is something for me, I, I would think, I hope that people will take on board the co-production methodology and really see themselves mm. as the pivotal people who are going to make the difference to the lived experience. And I know a lot of other professions will be saying that, but I think that's how we will say stay centre stage. Mm. that um, from the word go, um, yeah. I became such a, a, an expert in family work. I was absolutely hopeless when a, 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 an individual patient came and saw me. I was just like, where is everybody? We need mm. everybody to help solve mm. this. Mm. Um, and so I'm, I'm much better at working in groups than I am um, in, in terms of that. But we've also got a whole generation Mm. of mental health nurses who are mm. terrified of working mm. in groups because we yeah. haven't done enough to facilitate mm. that psychotherapeutic yeah. um, understanding of how to facilitate groups. And our occupational therapy colleagues will be saying they, they mm. will be doing that, but mm. actually we should be providing it as a, as a profession. And that's what I had a, a mm. unique experience Definitely. coming through um, and learning and being a, a ward manager and a, a deputy ward manager at the Maudsley mm. Hospital mm. Um, was where I learned that um, mm. to plan and to do um, real uh, our community groups were held every day. Yeah. yeah. And 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 whilst it might sound like I'm now an old dinosaur, and I think there is. An opportunity for mental health nurses to reclaim the territory. Um, mm. You know, I say to our ward managers, you have no idea how strong you are, really. Mm, I think definitely. we have, as a profession, been very, you know, mm. none of the things that would happen, you know, mm. the national the national um, service frameworks over in the 1990s and the subsequently, all the changes have been mm. driven by nurses. Nurses who have actually taken on far too much, my director mm -hmm. of nursing colleagues, I put, take my hat off to them because mm -hmm. some of them have taken on the whole organisation. They've mm -hmm. become the chief nurse of everything, bar mm -hmm. the kitchen sink. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that makes everybody think that nurses can function like that. But overall, if we're going to produce quality, then we also need to think about how to support our nurse leaders mm -hmm. to be able to say, actually, sometimes 
that's mm. too much and we mm. need to just backtrack and look at quality mm. and invest 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 in practice development um mm -hmm. professor sally hardy at easter and the university will be really proud of me for saying that <laughs> absolutely let's see if we can get a couple more questions in before we head out so i've got a question again from first year uh, first remain anonymous, always <laughs> the sign of a good question coming. Um, and they were saying, I had some really good ideas and I wanted to um, tell the nurse leaders in my organisation, but oh. I just don't feel I can. What, what can I What can I do to sort of make a difference? So that's the first question. So about how do you get in touch with, you know, presenting your ideas and approaching leaders who are so busy? And I can understand, you know, maybe unintentionally giving out signals, get away from me. <laughs> so how do you present your ideas so that you can... Because that's how you get identified, isn't it? As somebody who wants to. Yes. Yeah, it yeah. is. And um, I think there's first and foremost, if you can't do it locally, because, mm. you know, it is learning how to do that when you're a first year student, you mm -hmm. could be like perceived as Mr. or Mrs. Over enthusiastic. Um, mm. I know that I, my first ward experience, um, I was told by my ward sisters, I pinched my thighs. Um, she said I was over uh, overconfident for a first year student nurse and mm. that she changed my off duty. In those days, ward managers could do it in just mm. on a turn on a sixpence. She changed my yeah. off duty so I could go away and seriously consider whether I needed to be in this profession or not. She was absolutely, wow. she tough really love, didn't like me. She no. really <laughs> I was too yeah, feisty. Yeah. Um, but what it what it proved to me was that I'd stepped in too early. So my mm. journal was a place mm. where I kept recorded ideas and where I'd like mm. to make a difference. I'm not mm. saying for goodness sake, don't bury that journal or bury those mm. ideas. Mm. And then it's actually finding your allies. You can, mm. as you go through your placements, you will find your allies who will then say, come on, why don't we think about it in this way? And then you've got a great sense of bringing the evidence together. Mm. Because if you have these ideas, but you haven't really done the groundwork, then it's it, the better you can. It's like when you're working with a patient, the, the more evidence you have to take to the team and to say look this is this is the evidence that there's mm. you know this person is is recovering mm. it's the same way with our ideas like Len Bowers and others mm. with Safe Wards, they mm. did their hard work. They really mm. went into and looked at what was working and what wasn't. They did mm. appreciative inquiries. They did you know that real basic ground mm. rules. And I mm. would suggest that's the best place to start. Mm. And then obviously, if you've got a whole group of you coming up with ideas, you use your universities, you use your nursing development team or yeah. the equivalent in your in the organizations. Talk mm. to the student placement people um, mm. who work internally in your trust. And that would mm. be where I would start. Absolutely. That's brilliant advice. And we've got Sessionelle saying hello from Costa Rica. Hello back. Oh, how lovely <laughs> of you. It's sunny. <laughs> I would imagine so. It's so, throwing it down here. Got a message from Ben. Hello, Ben. Talking about the role of mental health nurses playing in raising and ending um, ongoing institutionalisation in mental health hospitals and other settings. So have you any thoughts on leadership around that? Again, we were pivotal. Mm. We were pivotal, mental health nurses, Ben, absolutely right. We were absolutely mm. 
pivotal in helping uh, people come and move out of mm. institutional care. All the work that we did with the, the psychosocial interventions, was mm. all the research was done yeah. to help people move into the community. Um, mm. And we should be using that research and continue to use it. Nice mm. guidance says mm. what works. Mm. And yet, you know, you rarely sort of see people saying, I know I need to deliver on this mm. and I mm. need to be able to do it in this mm. particular way. Mm. Um, I think we have a pivotal role to play mm. in, uh, in, and I also think we have a pivotal role to play in how we describe the people we work with in, in mm. um, we have a real professional responsibility to talk about their strengths, to talk about who they are yeah, and not absolutely. what they do. Mm. Absolutely. So all nurses have, just to be clear for anyone who's watching who's a student, all nurses have a duty of care around safeguarding and yeah. obviously doing nothing that brings the profession into disrepute or certainly doesn't cause harm or danger to people. Mm. And it's an area where nurse, mental health nursing has fallen short in the past around managing um, power and on occasion still does. So if you are in yes. a situation where something is confusing or distressing to you, please seek support either from your university or someone you trust at work and let people know. Um, but absolutely, this idea and it's, about it's, have it's, an evidence base. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and it's my point around mm. having know who's in your lifeboat. Your mm. crew people will change over time. Mm. You know, I've had a number of people that I've thrown overboard every so often and, you know, in terms of my imaginary lifeboat. Mm. But I would not have survived as a mental mm. health nurse, as most of our our, mm. the people we work with wouldn't survive without a lifeboat mm. and you know our role is to help them build their lifeboat mm. but also maintain our own mm. um because as i said you know there's lights of you there's you know i've got mm. um i've got a really wide network and a mm. network that involves other mm. professions as well and i'm i wouldn't be able to have survived it's too much of a roller coaster to try and do the, the mental health nursing by yourself and that would be my recommendation that mm. from they offer use your professional networks use mental health yeah. um tv um mm. and our, our our colleagues and our professional networks Absolutely. it's so essential mm. yeah we had students on last week and they were talking about how um, important it was to have we we student nurses and we mental health nurses to have that ability to connect outside just the people who who you see every day but actually being able to reach out to other people and understand that you yeah. know we're a family yeah. we're a network and we can support yes. each other yeah. and that's why i think we should i mean i know there has been some poorer cases of, of social media but what you mm. dave and vanessa are doing mm. is really vital in encouraging people to come forward um and, and and actually just talk about it as it is um mm. uh and and having an opportunity to share experiences and share narratives because we're yeah. not doing that enough we're not yeah. having mm -hmm. you know those bits where you got to know your colleagues in a way mm. that you got to know their culture you've got to mm. know how they ticked isn't mm. happening anymore and mm. people are uh, one um, participant in our bme nurse project mm. talked about it um being bland and that you you know you're not going in being able to be your true self especially mm. if you come from a bme community mm. and therefore we have a responsibility to find the networks where we can talk about it and then mm. empower ourselves to go mm. back in and say oh actually this is what mental health nursing is all about
Mm-hmm. We talked a little bit about kind of like staying safe in leadership sort of situations. Mm. Um, but so how do we move forward then? Because we're obviously at the end of our time pretty much. So if we were gonna, if you're gonna leave sort of the people who are watching with some ideas to think on with key ideas about leadership, what would you say? Um to go back to the lifeboat imagery. Um mm-hmm. and uh the Janet Treasure, actually, in eating disorders, um, mm. used converted the um, research that's around family work into different mm-hmm. animal characteristics. Yeah. Um, and so, when she was talking about how your caring skills, that sometimes you know people are like ostriches, sometimes mm. we can be like um, mm. heffalumps, sometimes mm. we can be, um, you know, uh, we can be a bull in a china shop. Um, and she used images of of, of um, uh, dolphins, and um, and all of us have those particular caring attributes. We don't just mm. have to have somebody in our family with an eating disorder or psychosis. Yeah. But what it makes me really remember is one um, when we talked about the St Bernard dog. Yeah. having that barrel I mean I'm not suggesting it has alcohol in it, but I, it, yeah. it's but one family member when we were we were talking about this said to me that they that St Bernard dogs are really well trained and well equipped mm. for the terrain and mm. that's what I I was really struck by those sound words because mm. she was absolutely right we need to consider how we support each other so even mm. if we haven't got great loads of continuing professional development coming that we're supporting and teaching each other as we go along mm. and we're using the, the, the best evidence and mm. nine times out of ten that comes mm. out of the people that we work with now mm. they are the experts mm. and if they're yelling at us yep. it's usually out of deep fear and deep mm. concern mm. um so I, I think that would be my my message is that we, mm. we need to really think about how our legacy is 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 talked about. Mm. Um, you know, people say, you know, do you remember your first teacher? Well, I'd like mm. people to say, do you remember your your mental health nurse? Mm. Um, and mm. uh, it, I, and I think that I think they do. It's mm. I think I yeah. think they do in in. Uh, but what they don't necessarily get the opportunity to do is for people to really shine the light on what mm. works. Mm. Yeah, I think so. I guess we've covered some ground tonight, actually. <laughs> Although I have to say, <laughs> your body image for me is a St Bernard, but okay. <laughs> and so I guess on those wise words, um, we will be obviously tweeting out information mm. and, and links to the people that we've talked about so that anyone who's interested will be able to see that if you follow the MHTV hashtag. And I think that we'll leave it there for tonight and finish up. But thank you so much to our fantastic What a pleasure, Nikki. And, and, and as I say, all fingers crossed for your finalists um, bit. Well, indeed. Yeah. Absolutely. We're also taking a break um, next week. So we're all going to be off doing other things. So please... Um, Feel free to watch something from the uh, archive, as we officially call it now. (laughs) But thanks again, everybody, and good night. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.